0: I am Andrew Ryan, and I'm here to ask you a question. Is a man not entitled to the sweat of his brow? No, says the man in Washington, it belongs to the poor. No, says the man in the Vatican, it belongs to God. No, says the man in Moscow, it belongs to everyone. I rejected those answers. Instead. I chose something different. I chose the impossible. I chose Rapture. Hello there, welcome to the Lord to Dad podcast. My name is Brett, and today I would like to talk about Bioshock, and more importantly, Rapture. So, no, wait, what's... Okay, sorry about that. I think I had some transatlantic stuck in my throat. Welcome to the Lord to Death podcast. My name's Brett, and today I want to talk about Rapture. Specifically, what it was like to live in Rapture before the events of Bioshock 1 and 2. I remember when I played Bioshock for the first time in 2009, a couple years after it had released because I didn't have the system right away, I was immediately in awe of my surroundings. The brief flashbacks into Rapture in its prime made me want a dedicated game to the peak of Rapture before its demise. It was just such a pretty place, you know? And I'm sure you may have felt that way too, playing it for the first time, walking through the sprawling city with the art deco architecture and the retro vibes. Of course, everything was crumbled and decayed by the time we took a stroll through its streets, if you can call them streets, but it felt alive nonetheless. My imagination runs wild thinking about how amazing it must have been to just live there. The artistic and technological advances were far beyond that of the surface in many ways, and the lack of political and religious ideation would surely cause less of a divide amongst people. Right? Theoretically, it should be a utopia, just as Andrew Ryan had intended, but let's dive into it and see what it was really like. So, let's get the boring stuff out of the way first. I want to look at the dictionary definitions for rapture and just kind of see how they fit. The first definition is a feeling of intense pleasure or joy. And I think this was certainly the goal of rapture to be surrounded by uninhibited joy from a lack of restrictions, right? The second definition is the transporting of believers to heaven at the second coming of Christ. Which I think is very interesting, because Rapture draws a direct parallel to the idea of predestination, where only a select chosen few are going to heaven or hell, or in this case, Rapture or the surface. I think it's particularly interesting because Andrew Ryan was an atheist and rejected God in every way. He says that in his opening speech coming into Rapture. And before we get too deep into the society of Rapture, I kind of want to give a brief history just to get an idea of how long the society lasted before its demise. Rapture was founded on November 5th, 1946. It was in construction for a year or two before that, and Andrew Ryan had been planning it for many years, but 1946 was when people started moving into Rapture. That was when it had its first residence. Andrew Ryan created Rapture as an escape from a morally and religiously restricted post-World War II world to escape what he kept calling parasites. Parasites to Andrew Ryan was anyone who didn't earn what they owned. The prime example which ultimately led to Andrew Ryan wanting to create Rapture was the atomic bomb that was dropped on Hiroshima. The idea that science and war had gotten to a point where nations could default to such a devastating and underhanded attack to claim what they thought was rightfully theirs was despicable because if you just bomb something into dust, you didn't earn it, right? You know, we're all against atomic bombs, but I think he was against them for the wrong reason. So the original goal of Rapture was to create a laissez-faire society free of religious and government interference of any kind. Any citizen could technically prosper for their own gain without being hindered by the needs of others in pursuit of achievement. So that means that those who were invited were the biggest and brightest minds and people who were already thriving in their respective fields, but may have been inhibited by the government telling them that they couldn't do things under certain ethics. And that philosophy is what ended up causing the power vacuum that ultimately led to Rapture's downfall. A form of capitalism and greed rent rampant without any source of higher power to keep it in check, and that would cause the lower class to rise up and rebel. Which brings us to December 31st, 1958, the New Year's Eve riots. Basically, Fontaine and his cronies led terrorist attacks against places in Rapture that were heavily populated, like the Kashmir restaurant that we see in Burial at Sea, and we also see this in Ryan Amusements where the power was cut and the people who were inside there were trapped and basically left to die. This resulted in mass fear and economic turmoil. You know, citizens ended up being afraid to leave their homes, which resulted in a lot of businesses and banks closing, as well as an increase in splicing due to fear. Because what do you do when there's one spliced-up maniac trying to break into your home and kill your family? You become a spliced-up maniac. Does that sound familiar to you? Nevertheless, let's get back on track. A couple years after that, in 1960, the events of Bioshock 1 play out. And a few years after that, the events of Bioshock 2. So in total, Rapture existed as a quote-unquote functioning society, and I'm using that term as loosely as I possibly can, for about 12 years before its collapse. And the first several years were kind of a trial period because the residents had to really adapt to their atmosphere. Living cut off from the rest of the world and being away from natural sunlight brought a lot of unexpected side effects and anxiety to a lot of people. So like I said, the first few years were definitely a trial trying to get everyone's mental health under check to make sure that this could be a thriving society. So now that we've had a brief history of the foundation and decay, let's take a dip into the social classes. First up, we'll talk about the lower class, or what I'm going to call the working class. So the working class came from people who were tasked with the construction of Rapture, and were largely left without jobs once the city was completed creating a lower class that was not able to return to the surface and basically forced to live in squalor in places like Popper's Drop that we saw in Bioshock 2. And that brings us to where would these people have lived? And these people would have lived in places like the Sinclair Deluxe that we see in Popper's Drop. It was constructed by Augustus Sinclair, hence the name, to capitalize on the demand for cheap housing in Rapture. As we see in the game, it's basically a slum It's hard to get a good read on what exactly it would have been like before the fall, because all we have to reference is what it looked like in Bioshock 2, which was a flaming pit in the middle of Rapture. Everything was broken beyond repair, literally on fire and swarming with all kinds of nasty folk. But even with all that information, we can see that these are very, very small apartments. Like, criminally small. These people did not live very well or very comfortably, and while there were amenities pretty close by, like we see a diner and a couple shops nearby, it wasn't very pretty. These are not places that people would have lived willingly. Of course, people would have preferred to have lived anywhere else, I'm sure. So we see in cut content shared by the developers, it seems like there was no public services that would be provided within Rapture, and they were all privately owned, therefore Pretty pricey and probably not affordable to the lower class. These are establishments like Fontaine Firefighters and the Papadopoulos Police Department. We know from the strategy guide that this was a subscription-based police department. You can think of it as something like car insurance or health insurance. There are many different companies that you can choose from, but the one that you ultimately decide to subscribe to is the one that's going to help you when you're in need. So because of the inherent nature of these services, the less fortunate citizens in Rapture would have been left to fend for themselves if they had been attacked, robbed, or otherwise, so they would have been left without a police service, without uh, firefighters, without possibly healthcare. And without any social services that would normally be in place to help the less fortunate, they would have to resort to stealing food, money, and living in slums just to stay alive. Many of these folks ended up working for Fontaine in his criminal underworld as smugglers, which only reinforced the outlook that the working class were nothing but criminals. It increased paranoia in the upper class, and the lower class were viewed as parasites, feeding off the hard work of everyone else. So if you were in the lower class, then things might not have gone so swimmingly for you. Then there was the middle class, which I'm going to call just the civilian class. On large, these people lived in rapture as they would on the surface. You could compare it to something like New York. It was a big new thing with technological marvels that were infused by the wealth and idealism of an active economy and new population. Most citizens lived the life of an ordinary urban person, minus the vitamin D, and with some moral ambiguity thrown in there. Being in the middle class was probably pretty unremarkable, as it might have been on the surface, but with the added benefit of being able to see scientific breakthroughs on a near regular basis and being able to splice your genes. Plasmids were a pretty big part of rapture, after all. But most of these people had jobs and oftentimes a business or practice of their own. There were postal services, tailors, jewelers, and educators, just to name a few. Pretty much anything you'd be able to find on the surface. There were also daycare service for the little ones, a theme park and gardens where someone could take their family for a trip across the pond, and there were no shortage of bars and restaurants to go to. There were even men's and women's clubs. Most of these people would have lived somewhere like Artemis Suites, which... Wasn't the pinnacle of luxury, nor was it too many steps above the Sinclair Deluxe, but it was a little bit more comfortable. There was still a great population that were in the working class that were in these, but the middle class might have found themselves somewhere similar. It had plenty of amenities within it, and it was also close enough to the tram system that you could really get anywhere you wanted in Rapture without too much issue. The rooms were big enough, for the most part, for a small family, but nothing too much more than that. It was just barely comfortable, and I'm sure it would have been fine to live in. It was very utilitarian in design, which means that most of the apartments looked the exact same, and it was a very economical solution to housing in Rapture, seeing as you couldn't really have a row of houses like you would in a typical suburb. As well, there were also sports teams, and gambling to go alongside that. Although, the sports industry in Rapture eventually came down to who was rich and stupid enough to splice more than anyone else, and eventually fell apart because of excessive plasma use. And really, the moral of the story is that Rapture devolved very quickly into Who could splice more and who could use more plasmids to get an upper hand on anyone else? But overall, if you were in the middle class, you were probably sitting pretty. You likely had a family, a stable job, and you were doing okay as far as things were concerned. And then there's the upper class, which I called the ruling class, which was composed of elite members of Rapture who had either a hand in its development or were rich enough on the surface to create industries in the depths. These were the people who were at the forefront of technological and scientific advances in Rapture. So some of these people were Bridget Tenenbaum, who was a geneticist who discovered Adam and helped develop it into products for commercial sale. Uh, Sander Cohen was a poet, composer, sculptor, and playwright. He ruled over Fort Frolic, as we saw in Bioshock. There was Gilbert Alexander, a scientist who developed the pair bonding mechanism between the Alpha Series Big Daddies and Little Sisters. And there was Yi Chong, who was the leading medical researcher in Rapture, studying Adam and its uses to create plasmids and alter brain function, as well as creating the Little Sisters and Big Daddies. And who could forget Frank Fontaine, the owner of Fontaine Futuristics, and ultimately the reason why Rapture ended up falling. So if you were sitting in the ruling class, you had a say in everything. You were rich beyond measure, and you could do whatever you wanted. You also would have lived somewhere super swanky like Olympus Heights. These apartments were relatively large and beautifully designed. They often came with multiple levels, floor-to-ceiling windows, and elegantly designed finishes like carved wood. We see this in Frank Fontaine's apartment when we go there towards the end of Bioshock 1. There are massive staircases, massive windows, giant bookcases, and even a little Japanese rock garden. There were also a number of businesses in the district which catered exclusively to the upper class. There was a bistro at the center of the district that offered fine food and expensive drinks to the wealthy as they passed through the tram lines on their way to and from work, possibly. And there was also the Adonis Luxury Resort, which provided a relaxing getaway and offered a number of spa treatments and recreational facilities. You don't really see that anywhere else in Rapture, as far as I know. And this really lended itself to the rich get richer and the poor stay poor. As Rapture grew and more people flocked to the free city, the gap between social classes did as well. The growth of the city was largely determined by the population, and as more people came, the economy grew and grew, and there was more demand to expand the city with more residential and commercial districts. So this did ultimately help the lower class a little bit when they needed jobs, but it didn't help everyone. And it was only for a short period of time that it ever helped anyone. And of course, if you get screwed over, you're not allowed to leave. Once you were brought to Rapture, you were generally not allowed back up to the surface, and the few exceptions, legally, were the workers who would go up to maintain the lighthouse, which contained the bathysphere, which was the main form of transportation to Rapture for a period of time. So now that we've talked about the social classes, I want to get a little bit into the religion in Rapture. It's kind of a weird subject because Andrew Ryan specifically prohibited people from practicing their religion in public, but most of the people who came down into Rapture were Christian. So if you were a Christian and you wanted to practice your religion, you weren't allowed to do it publicly, but you could do it in your own home. And of course, with anything that's banned, people found a way to profit off of it. People would bring in religious artifacts from the surface down into Rapture and sell them for exorbitant amounts. Which gave fuel to religious fanaticism in Rapture, ironically, against Andrew Ryan's will. And speaking of Andrew Ryan, he was himself an atheist. And I'm sure he would have liked everyone coming into Rapture to also be an atheist so that none of this would have been an issue. But he did have his own belief, and he called it the Great Chain. So it was a belief in individualism, self-interest, and free markets which unite people in their forward progress. But this wasn't so much of a religion, it was more of a philosophy that he tried to bestow upon people. And then there was the Rapture family, which was less of a religion and more of a cult. It was created by Sophia Lamb and Simon Wales, and it was the idea that everyone in Rapture owed each other a sense of unity and they should be a family regardless of who they are. And then there was the real cult, the Saturnine. The worshippers of this cult dress themselves in leaves, drink human blood, and a bunch of other weird stuff like drinking cups full of basically plasma juice to enhance themselves. So there was a lot of wacky stuff happening in Rapture, and while most people would probably have been Christian coming down, there were these cults that kind of cropped up and gave people some sort of weird sense of purpose. So because religion was something that had to be practiced behind closed doors, I don't really think it was that much of an issue between people, unless you happen to be in one of these cults that was trying to, you know, harm others. And the last thing I really want to touch on is the discovery of Adam. So we know that Bridget Tenenbaum discovered Adam somewhere between 1948 and 1952 before its implementation, and as we know, plasmids were used to genetically splice people to make them better than they currently were, or give them abilities that they wouldn't have been able to get naturally. Like telekinesis, pyrokinesis, or that weird thing where your hand turns into a beehive and you just fire bees at people. So because of the invention of plasmids, there was a period of time where productivity was at an all-time high. Because imagine if you could rewrite your genetic code to be better at whatever you want to be better at, you would do that all the time. So productivity was definitely up for a short period of time, but it was a short period of time. Plasmids were extremely addictive, and the user would develop quite a tolerance as well. So more and more and more had to be consumed to be able to keep it up. And it is quite a double-edged sword because the more Atom that you use, the quicker that you deteriorate both mentally and physically. But if you stopped using altogether, then that would happen immediately. So one way or another, it was going to ruin you. We see the very late stage of this in Bioshock 1 and 2, where people are just absolutely deranged in the streets and killing everyone. So as you can tell, there were a lot of issues with Rapture. People who came down into the city rich stayed rich, the people who came down as middle class really stayed middle class, and the working class were ultimately left to suffer and die. Almost everyone ended up developing an addiction to plasmids, and the people who didn't got killed by those who did. Over time, there was a lot of fear, and fear led to chaos, leading to Rapture ultimately being destroyed. So from this, we have to do a little bit of inferring by ourselves. Was Rapture a good place to live? If you were rich... Absolutely. You can do whatever you wanted uninhibited by any sort of morals or ethics. If you were in the middle class, it probably wasn't too bad for you either. But if you were any sort of lower class or working class, it would have been an absolute nightmare to be in. You were trapped in this bubble underwater and you could not get out. There's a reason why the society only lasted for about 12 years or so, and that's because it was defunct. Because if you take the humanity out of humans, then all you're left with is a bunch of animals who are going to inevitably kill each other. Without any sort of rules in place or any sort of higher power, it basically just imploded on itself. So let's say that you had probably about two or three years where it was really good in Rapture, but beyond that, it was either a trial period where people were unhappy or everything was devolving into chaos and people were murdering each other in the streets. So if I personally had to rate Rapture based on how much I want to live there, I'd give it a solid 3 out of 10, just right above Toronto, Ontario. I hope this gives you a little bit of an idea as to what it would have been like to live in Rapture at the time. Sure, it wasn't perfect, and oftentimes it wasn't even good, but you can be sure that there was never a dull moment in rapture. But those are my thoughts, and I'd really love to hear yours. Do you think Rapture would have been a great place to live? You can find us online at Lord to Death on any of your favorite social media platforms or podcast websites. If you want to shoot us a message there, I would love to hear from you, and if you have any questions that you want answered, they could become an episode. But that's all I have to say about that, so I'll catch you on the flip side. See ya.